The 5AA Sports Shows, where are they now? Past legends, past glories. Love this time of week, each and yeah. every week. Where are they now for Walco? It is great fun, and uh, we've got another little champ on the line here. Well, he was one of Port Adelaide's greats in the 70s uh, and played in that drought breaking grand final of 1977, which was unreal. And then went to South Melbourne and was involved when they went up to Sydney as well. So ended up playing over 200 games, kicked 232 goals for a guy that played a a lot of, well, a lot of fullback as well. It was quite an impressive career. So spanned from 71 to 84, speak none other than the great Max James. G'day, Maxie. Hi, Timmy. How are you? Oh, excellent, my friend. Uh, Let's go through your journey. Uh, You played your first league game at Port Adelaide in 1971. Foss Williams was coach, wasn't he? He was, yeah. Yep. Um, How'd you find him? The first few years. Yeah, look, Foss was just genuine and honest. Uh, He he was a hard taskmaster, but that's the way it was back in those days. And... uh, but he was very genuine, and he, and he helped me a hell of a lot in my career. He, he certainly gave me a lot of confidence in my early years, yeah. And some of the names you would have been uh, walking into the change rooms for the first time and seeing guys that probably would have, would have been played in the early 60s premierships? Yeah, look, because I was born in, in Bendigo and lived most of my life in Victoria, I only moved to Mount Gambier. A year or so before I, I came up to Adelaide, I didn't really know a lot about uh, South Australian football. But the thing that got me was that when you came to Port Adelaide, the bar was set very high, and you were just expected to elevate to it. I mean, there was just, there was no allowances for your age or your your size or whatever. Um, you know, the expectation was that you had to elevate to the level of um, what the club wanted, and 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 that I, I reckon happened to so many young players that came in over the years. You know, you Greg Andersons and and so forth. Um, you know, Craig Bradleys, everything. You know, Dwayne Russells, whatever. They all came to the club and and lifted to the level of expectation that the club had. In nineteen seventy four, Jack. Kale, he takes over. There's a big campaign. I remember the stickers. Let's back Jack because I think it was John Kale pretty much his whole career, and then all of a sudden they needed this this campaign and this slogan, let's back Jack. It certainly went off. What, what did you find changed underneath uh, John's coaching? Well, under Foss, it was more chaos football, just get the ball, kick it forward, um, you know, crash bash, and so long as you're moving it, kicking it long um, and following up and getting numbers around the ball. But I remember talking to Russell, you know, in those early years and said, gee, we've got so much talent here and, and we just felt we weren't using that talent. And under Jack, I think the game changed a little where he still expected the, uh, you know, the commitments and so forth and the attack on the ball, but he did encourage us to uh, open the game up and use our skills. And I, and I think we, uh, we did. Max, let's... Fast forward to the 77 Premiership team. It was the 100th year of the Sample. You beat the Bays by eight points. Jack was the coach. Tell us about those memories, Max. Oh, sensational memories of, uh, of that day. Um, after the debacle of 1976, I just think it's, we all gelled together as a team in the pre-season and worked really hard, and the expectation was that we were, you know, we just weren't going to lose 77 
And I remember Ian Stewart would ring me a lot and say, you're coming to South Melbourne at the end of the year, and I'd just say, look, leave me alone. We've got finals to play. I want to play in a premiership here, and then I'll come over. And he said, what if you don't win the premiership? And I just well, hey, <laughs> yeah, that, we will. We've got to win the premiership. It was just so reinforced into us that we would be successful. And, and of course, on the day when we would have had 16 fit men before half time, I remember sitting in there at half time and thinking, surely it can't happen again. But everyone dug deep. And, and of course, we had uh, injured players on the ground patched up. Ivan Eckerman, people remember his heroic efforts. Mm. Um, you know, kicking those three goals and, and we, yeah, we hung on and, and got over the line. But yeah, it's certainly the highlight of my career. 56,000, I think, plus yeah, at, at Adelaide Oval. Mm. Is that the famous photo where Russ had the, the yep, correct, on, on his head and everyone yeah. was surrounding yeah. it? I mean, Max just would have been spine tingling to even think about that. That's probably one of the most famous shots of Sanford footy, Max. Yes, yeah. It, um, I mean, we didn't even get to, to do a lap of honour because the crowd just came onto the ground. Oh, um, <laughs> but, hey, care factor, nil. Yeah, nil. that was the last time I reckon it ever happened, Max. Yeah, yeah, that, that plot, yeah. That people were allowed on the ground. But I reckon the great story out of that 76-77 was uh, Randall Gerlach, who kicked 90 goals in 76, and we dominated the comp. We lost that grand final to Sturt unexpectedly through an, a more experienced side, really, and, and a bloke called Rick Davies. But... Um, when it got to 77, Randall, of course, a lot of people didn't know, but he had kidney trouble and he had to be on a dialysis all the time. Stop it. Yeah, he was only 23 when he kicked those 90 goals in 76. So 77, he was told by doctors, you know, you've you got to give the game away. Wow. And he went to the club and they said, well, your choice, not ours. We're not going to force you. And he went on and played that year in 77. It must have been a massive thing for him to, to get up after – Everything he has to go through to get on the park, and at 24 years of age, he wins the flag and retires, Max. It must have been emotional. It certainly was, and, and Randall, just a, a great chap he was, um, great teammate, and uh, yeah, he, he just worked so hard. And, and, of course, in that game, he, he played sort of as a support ruckman and was in the back line and just did a fantastic job, as indeed you know all of our back line did on that day. Mm. I mean, you think of Greg Phillips, who was only a youngster, and... Tony mm. Hannon alongside him was only playing. He'd only played a handful of games, and they were just sensational on the day. Hey, mate, um, Russell Ebert was, you know, one of your best mates, and I remember talking to you a fair bit of, about Russell. And you said in the early days, uh, or Timmy, well, I used to sort of keep me distance because he was a bit of a wild boy. <laughs> when did you sort of start to come together and gel? Well, yeah, there was the group called the Wild Bunch. Um, <laughs> Happily named after that um, Western movie um, around that era. And, yeah, I sort of didn't quite get into that wild bunch. I was a little bit uh, shy and quiet. Um, so he'd always, you know, I'll buy you a beer and say hello and, and talk to me. And then in, I think it was about 74, he, he um, invited me to go up to Alice Springs to do a sportsman's night with him. And we just gelled from there. And just our friendship just grew and got stronger and stronger and, yeah, we've been best mates for a long, long time, and I certainly miss him. Oh, we all do. No one can drink a schooner as quick as Russell Ebert. There's a lot of things he did well, <laughs> drinking a schooner, Maxie. Hey, Max, we just got a quick text, Unique Home Style Foods text. I used to get Max James and Peter Marker mixed up. Have you ever seen these two blokes in the same room? <laughs> did... <laughs> True, Max. That was the seventies look. Well, it's probably uh, like Peter. He was a bit better looking than I, but uh, <laughs> I think it was mainly uh, 
mainly our moustaches that were very yes, similar yes. in those era. Now, now, fancy winning a grand final for the great Port Adelaide and then leaving them the next year. You did leave. Yeah, well, it was a hard decision, but being born in Victoria and growing up with Victorian footy, I really wanted to, um, okay. you know, chance farm over there and, and have a go at it. Um, it didn't work out as well as I'd, I'd planned. Um, in retrospect, I probably would have been better off going to Carlton. It was a toss-up between the two. But it, it panned out the way it did. Uh, unfortunately, in my first year, I had a knee operation at the end of the year. The second year, I uh, fractured my hip. And because I was playing in key position, I, I was only six one and a half, and you're playing against guys six four and six five. So I really relied. I had a pretty good leap, and I, I was quite uh, had some pace, um, and that held me in good stead. But once you start to have a few operations, and you lose your leap, and you lose a yard in pace, it made it very very difficult. But a lot of great memories and a lot of great friends still over there, and. Um, Mm. Yeah, it was just a marvellous experience and uh, one that I certainly don't regret going over. Mind mm. you, I, I missed out on a lot of premierships too in that yeah. uh, time while I was over there. But, hey, you can't turn back time, can you? No, you can't. 54 games, you had your fair share of injuries there. And, and you played for, was it the Sydney Swans back in 82 where you had the first game at the SCG? Yeah, we played wow. Melbourne up there uh, for the first game. It was all set up, you know, Melbourne versus Sydney, and the pressure was enormous on us to win that game, and uh, Barassi was coach of Melbourne. Um, yeah, and we, we won the game and, and got off to a good start, but uh, things sort of disintegrated because people don't know we lived in Melbourne, trained in Melbourne, and flew up there and played home games oh, no. in wow. Sydney. Oh, it wasn't until the third year that they actually got everyone relocated yeah. up there. Uh, a pretty tough times, and the gloss went off off that fairly soon because you'd, you'd go up there, play on the Sunday, go to a meet your supporters at the nominated place, and then uh, you'd fly back on the last flight that night, drive home, and because we all worked, we all had jobs. You'd mm. go to work the next day. There was, there was limited opportunity for proper recovery and things like uh, they, they get today. But, yeah, it was tough times, but, yeah, once again, yeah, a lot of fun, a lot of good memories. Now, you end up coming back, and, and that was very early in my career. You, you took a role under Russell's coaching of, of sort of helping us younger players develop, and I can remember uh, playing with you quite a bit when I was only sort of 17 years of age and just loving the way you, you got around us younger blokes to try and help us develop. Was that something you spoke with Russell about? Because we obviously were very young in the changing of the guard. Yeah, yeah we, we spoke about it earlier in the year, and, and uh, I just wanted to be around the club because back then, unlike today, our whole social life evolved around the, the club. We'd go there after um, matches and, and have dinner up there. We'd go there Sunday mornings after training and have drinks and so forth. So it was good to be back involved with the club, but um, it was also great given that responsibility to try and uh, add some uh, experience to that young reserve side and... Um, you know, mentor, you know, some of the younger players. So I, I enjoyed that role and even, you know, I finished up playing in the grand final that year because Benny Harris got injured mm. and um, got in the grand final. But, yeah, it was uh, uh, another unfortunate grand final loss and they were lost to Nord. Um, and they played superbly and deserved the win, but, gee, it was hard to take. 
<laughs> it's fun. Mighty red legs, Maxie. Was it 82? Yeah, 84. 84. Yeah. It was 84. Yeah, so, um, 84. I know you, you love your golf up post uh, football and you love playing around. I just love the story, and I know it's a, one that's a bit bit hairy for you, but you, you're playing, a, 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 I think, a country course, and you're playing with your mates, and you, you weren't feeling that well, and they made you finish the round, and uh, what was happening was you were actually having a heart attack, and you had Stop to go to hospital. <laughs> but they, 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 they still, I think somebody said you, you still got to putt out or something like that. Well, I was, I was feeling really, really ordinary and um, really struggling and had pains in the back and, and so forth. And I got, we got round to the last hole and I was standing on the green and I, was, I thought I was going to faint. And I said, what are the signs of a heart attack? What are the symptoms? And, and they said, hurry up and putt out. Oh, so, well, they're not mates, Max. They are, name them. But, How dare the, they? The thing is, I played again the next day. Oh, that's and, but I was really cooked. I went to bed earlier that night and I had pains and couldn't couldn't get comfortable. And I was playing in a competition and I just said to uh, my wife, if, if I can't get a drive on a cart, I can't play tomorrow. There's no way I can walk around. But I... I got a, a cart and drove around, just got out, played the shots, got back in, played another 18 holes, but I was absolutely grey when I got back and they said, you've got to go to hospital. So I went to hospital and they did the test and they said, you had a heart attack yesterday. So Max. I said, I'm feeling better now because they gave me some uh, <laughs> um, aspirin. I said, yeah, I'm feeling better now. It's some red wine and aspirin. I'll be fine. They said, nah, air ambulance back to Adelaide. Wow. And meanwhile, the, the guy, Jeff Whetstone, who I play with every week, he didn't come up on that trip. My wife rang him and said, Max is in hospital with a, uh, he's had a heart attack. So he's, he's rang me and picked up the phone. He said, that's not a heart attack. He said, that's a stroke. And you make sure you add it to your score. <laughs> oh, that's not even, that's not even funny. Now, Max, what did you, did you have any stents? Are you okay now? How's your health? No, and- trip- tri- triple bypass. Oh my God, Max, you are lucky to be with us. How mate. unbelievable is that? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, very, very lucky. I asked the, when they told me what the blockages were, I said, well, how come it's not worse? And the guy said, look, when you train as hard as you have over the years, athletes develop what's called contingency veins and arteries, which wow. go around the outside of the heart. He said, that's what kept you alive. He said, wow. if you'd have been an ordinary Joe Blow on the street, you'd be dead. So all that training paid off. There oh, you go, Maxie. Maxie, You legend. Maxie. Oh, my. Now, did your son play for Sydney? He did. Uh, yeah. He was drafted yeah. in 99, yeah. But um, he was there seven years and only played 19 games and had a horrific run of all oh, sorts dear. of injuries. Yeah. Um, but and I remember um, uh, Mike Sheehan rang me once to do an interview about you know, how he's getting all his injuries. He said, you had injuries, didn't you? And I said, yeah, but they weren't the type that Heath gets. And uh, I said, I... Now, in, in the eight years before I went to Melbourne, I missed three games in eight years. Wow. And then, you know, missed a few, but I had operations and serious sort of knee and hip damage. Um, and he, I said, look, really, I think it's from his mother's side of the family. <laughs> uh, because all the Jameses were lean and athletic, but uh, his mother's side of the family, bear in mind we divorced. Uh, and I said... Uh, You're causing lots of trouble. Yeah. The man in her... Her side of the family are, are somewhat, um, let's say, 
um, chubby and rotund. Yeah, I was going to say fat and unathletic. Put it in the paper. The <laughs> son rang me and said, geez, Dad, Mum's not happy with you. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, Max, that's funny. <laughs> oh, brilliant, mate. Hey, mate, we love these Where Are They Now? Well Thanks done. very much for sharing some of the old stories, mate, and uh, what a great career it was, buddy. And uh, you reckon we can get up Saturday night? I think we can if we um, we really bring the intensity that we had you know, earlier in the year and keep the forward lines open and have our forwards moving around and um, not just standing still and trying to kick chaos goals. I think we're uh, we're every chance. But yeah. yeah, who knows? So, uh, look, thank you very much for giving us a call. I think I was very lucky I played in a great era through the you know, 70s and 80s when you had, you know, the, the play was tough and rough and, and some of the opponents, you know, like, I love Johnny Wynn. I, I love playing against him, Peter Carey, and another absolute gentleman, Ross Dillon from Nord. I mean, we have the SNFL catch-ups on, on, on occasions. It's just so great to get along to those and, and speak with well some of the people you played against as well. Well no, done. Brilliant, Maxie. You're a bloody legend, mate. Thanks very much for your time. Okay, Timmy. See you, Rowie. See you, mate. We'll Max. see you soon. I'll, I'll add in there, eight state games, mm. and he won a Simpson medal. yeah. They play. hand them out to very, very, very good players. It, it was a, mate, and his highlight reel, yeah, amazing, because he could take the huge hangers. He yeah. could take, and whether he was playing forward on the ball or he played just about every position, full back, you name it. And, and clearly he, tough, played golf with the hunting. Mm. Well, and played again the next day. So there <laughs> yeah, you go. 